If you were to ask me who I am, that might be a hard question to answer in some ways because I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, I'm a, I'm a grandpa. Um, there's no really one way or one title that you could give to me, and the same is, is true with you. It's also true with, with Jesus, isn't it? We sang some of the names of Him, Blessed Redeemer and Emmanuel. And Jesus answered that question, who He is, in many different ways. I am the bread of life. We saw that last week. Today we look at another statement of Jesus. I am the light of the world. And we find that verse in John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying... I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there is not one name or title that could ever fully describe who you are. Thank you for all of these descriptions, these titles, these names that that give to us, Lord, uh, just a... One facet of who you are. Today we look at one of those. I am the light of the world. Lord, teach us what this means in our lives today. Help us, Lord, to rest in you, to trust in you, and to follow you as the light of the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that Jesus did in his earthly ministry was to take something that was easily understood and show how that illustrates who he is and why he came. For example, John chapter 4, he met the woman at the well. What did Jesus say? I am the living water, and he who trusts in me will have life eternal. Last week, Jesus said in John 6, I am the bread of life, the living bread that came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And so many ways that Jesus used to describe himself, and obviously the example here is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. So he is the living water. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. And many, many, many more descriptions given to him. The events of our text took place during the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles. And at the beginning of this feast, there was something very interesting that took place. It's often described as the illumination of the temple. In the center of the treasury where Jesus is teaching, there were four great torches that were set up. And some accounts say that these torches were 75 feet high. Can you imagine that? 75 feet high. And at the top of these golden torches were bowls that were filled with 65 liters of oil. So that gives you a picture of the size of these 75 feet high, 65 liters of oil. And obviously there was a ladder that needed to be, so people could climb up there. They, they always chose the younger priests, the healthier ones, and they carried this oil and they dumped it in this torch. And there was a wick then coming from that, that oil, and they would light those torches. 
And if you can imagine 75 feet torches, it lit up the whole temple area. It lit up almost the whole city of Jerusalem. It was uh, a spectacular event. The Feast of Tabernacles was a celebration of the great pillar of fire that led the Israelites during their journey in the wilderness. That's why they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. And God was the one who guided them on their journey with that pillar of fire, right? Cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. And so it's very significant that at this event, at this time, in this place, that Jesus would say, I am the light of the world. And so the people there knew exactly what he was saying. He was claiming to be God. Just as God was the one who led the people of Israel through the wilderness, now Jesus was saying, I am the light, not just of the people of Israel, but I am the light of the world. As we think of Jesus as the light of the world, there are three lessons, three truths we want to focus on this morning. First of all, Jesus is the light who reveals our sin. We know that light, by its very nature, reveals things. What you can't see in the dark, you can see in the light. For example, I don't know if you ever have this, if you're trying to read some smaller print when the lighting isn't very good. Anybody my age and... You know exactly what that's like, right? But when you get better light on that print... Ah, yeah, I can, I can read that. Light reveals. Or when you're walking in your bedroom at night and it's dark, turn on the light, because if you don't, you may stub that toe into that dresser that you don't see. You may step on that, that Lego that one of the grandchildren left. Ever done that before? It does not feel good to step on a Lego. Especially at night when you're getting up to go to the bathroom and there it is. You didn't see it. Or if you're wondering if it's time to dust the furniture, don't look at the furniture when the sun is setting. Look at the furniture when the sun is bright and you will see things that you didn't see before, right? A lot of dust, maybe hairs. Not much from me, but my wife. But hairs, anyhow. So light by its very nature, reveals things. Apart from the light of Jesus, we don't see things as they really are. Especially when it comes to ourselves, our own sin. It's relatively easy to see the sin of others, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's pretty easy to do that. By nature, we love to confess their sin. Not to Jesus, but to someone else. But when we come face to face with the light of Jesus, it changes the way we look at ourselves. Because His light has a way of exposing what we really are, doesn't it? Listen to what Paul says about light. Ephesians 5.13 All things become visible when they are exposed by the light. Jesus, John three nineteen and 20, this is the judgment that the light, Him, 
has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light. Why? For their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. So people who are walking in spiritual darkness don't want to come to Jesus because they know that they will be confronted with their sin and they don't want that. They love the darkness because they love their sin and they don't want to give it up. But isn't it necessary? Isn't it absolutely necessary that we be confronted with the truth about our sin? Isn't it necessary that the light exposes us for what we really are? How will we ever see our need for a Savior unless we first of all recognize our sin? It has to be. Because by nature, we, we don't think we're really that bad, right? It's not as bad as the neighbor. At least not as bad as my co-worker, or at least not as bad as whoever, light exposes, light reveals. And Jesus is the light of the world. Now, when we realize we need a Savior and we come to Jesus, then we experience His peace, we experience His forgiveness. And it's a wonderful thing to know that that sin that has been exposed was paid for at the cross. We praise God for that. But you know what? This doesn't mean that we will never again experience guilt of having our sin exposed. Because the closer we come to the light, the more we see our sin. Isn't that true? The longer we walk with Jesus, the closer we become to the light of the world, the more we realize just how much we need a Savior. Have you found that to be true in your life? The longer you walk with the Lord, the more you realize how much you need a Savior. That's what light does. Light reveals our sin. 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul shares his testimony. He describes what he was like, a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent aggressor. We know the story of his life. 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I, listen to this, I am foremost of all. Now, if he said, whom I was foremost of all, we could say, well, certainly we understand that. He doesn't speak of it as something in the past, but the present, whom I am foremost of all. Why? The light continued to expose some of the depths of his heart that, that maybe he didn't realize earlier in life. Some of our attitudes, some of our motives, some of our thoughts that become exposed by the light. When you see yourself as you really are, there's one hope, and that's Jesus. And that's what draws us to Him. 
as our need is revealed. So Jesus is the light who reveals our sin. The second thing we know, Jesus is the light who directs our pathway. If it's painful for us to have our sin exposed by the light, it's even more painful to walk in the darkness. And the reason why this is so is because the consequences of walking in the darkness are so serious. They are. Listen to what the Bible says about those who walk in the darkness. Proverbs 4.19 The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. If you're walking in darkness, you are stumbling through life. John 12.35 Jesus says, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. Are there people walking around today? They have no idea where they're headed. Walking in darkness. Ephesians 4, 18 and 19, Paul describes those who don't know Jesus as being darkened in their understanding. Excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their hearts. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. So those who are darkened in their understanding give themselves over to all kinds of sensuality and impurity. And they end up doing what? Bringing all kinds of pain into their lives. Pain brought upon themselves because of their walking in darkness. When you walk in darkness, you pay a price for it because sin has built-in consequences, doesn't it? It certainly does. So there are temporal consequences that we experience in this life if we walk in darkness. And that's why we need Jesus. He is the light who directs our pathway and guides us so we aren't stumbling and falling and, 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 and headed to all kinds of pain. But think of the eternal consequences for the one who walks in darkness. The Bible makes it clear that the one who walks in darkness in this life will be cast into outer darkness in the life to come. Jesus mentioned that, 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 that phrase on several occasions. Matthew twenty-two thirteen. Then the king said to his servants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, verse 30, Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not a pretty picture, is it? Nothing more serious than to be cast into outer darkness because that will last forever. There's no turning back then. We don't have to walk in the darkness, Jesus said. We can walk in the light when we follow Him. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows Me will not walk in darkness. We can walk in the light today. We don't have to be stumbling and not knowing where we're headed and experiencing all the the consequences of our own sin. Following Jesus. If you remember the context of this statement, it was during that... Feast of Tabernacles. 
When the people of Israel celebrated how God had guided them in that journey through the wilderness, He led them with a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. When the pillar moved, they moved. When the pillar stopped, they stopped. If they were ever going to survive the journey through that wilderness, they needed the guidance of God. And if we're going to survive in this world, if we're going to walk through this uh, broken, sinful world, we need the light of Jesus. And He has promised to be that light for us. Not only does He give us entrance into heaven, this heavenly promised land, but He provides His light along the way. He guides us through this dark world every step of the way. So Jesus is the light who reveals our sin. He's the light who directs our pathway. And then thirdly, Jesus is the light who gives us life. It's interesting how light and life go together. Ever thought about that? In order to have life on this planet that we call Earth, there has to be light, right? A NASA article I read puts it this way, nothing is more important to us on Earth than the sun. Without the sun's heat and light, the Earth would be a lifeless ball of ice-coated rock. The sun warms our seas, stirs our atmosphere, generates our weather patterns, and gives energy to the growing green plants that provide the food and oxygen for life on earth. Without light, there would be no life on this this planet. So the light of the sun is is, is pretty important to our physical well-being, and it's also important to our emotional well-being, isn't it? If you live out on the West Coast or in places where there isn't a lot of sunlight, it affects people emotionally. There's been a lot of studies done on that. Depression is higher where there is less light. So we need light both physically and emotionally and certainly spiritually. When it comes to spiritual life, the same is true. Do a little study and and see the connection between light and life spiritually in Scripture. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, life, eternal life. Psalm 36.9, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So it's not surprising that Jesus would say that the one who follows him will have the light of life. Light and life are inseparably connected both on this planet that we live in and spiritually. The light of life. Now, there's several things to notice about this. Jesus is the only light that gives life. He is the light of life. There is no other. 
There is no other way to have life, eternal life, than through Jesus. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, that's not popular in our culture today because people want to think that it doesn't really matter what you believe. As long as you're sincere in what you believe. And if you come along and say that Jesus is the only way, what kind of response are you going to get? Who on earth do you think you are? You're the only one in the world that's right? Well, you've got an argument, but it's not with me. It's with Jesus, right? I am the light of the world. And although He is the only light that gives life, He isn't the light for just a few. He's the light of the world. He gives, offers salvation to all. And that's why the gospel is so wonderful. I don't have to wonder if Jesus died for my sins because He died for the sins of the world, right? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Life. And as the light of the world, Jesus doesn't just shine on us. When we follow Him, He dwells in us. He becomes our personal possession. Jesus says that we will have, notice that we will have the light of life. Now, many people live in spiritual doubt because they don't think you can know if you have eternal life. They don't think you can know if you are saved. You have to wait until you die to see if you made it. Cross your fingers and hope you make it, right? No. No. Jesus says when you follow Him, you have the light of life. In other words, eternal life is your personal and present possession. John 5.24, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has, present tense, eternal life, and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. That's a present Possession. So eternal life isn't something that we wait for in the future. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you have it now. That's why you can know that you have eternal life, right? If I gave you a, a, a ticket today to the Twins game, and you stuck it in your pocket, what would you say if someone asked you if you had a ticket for the game? Would you say, oh, I think so. Of course not. Would you say, I hope so? No. Would you say, I won't know until I get there? That'd be foolish, wouldn't it? You'd say, yes. I've got my ticket. It's right here. And I can't wait to go to the game. Unless they're playing the Yankees. I'm sorry about that. You'd say, I've got it here. I have it. When Jesus died on the cross, He purchased your ticket, if you want to use that terminology. 
He paid the price for our salvation. And when you receive that gift, you have eternal life and you can know it. First John 5, and the testimony is this, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Here's how simple it is. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. How could it be any more simple than that, right? Do you have Jesus? If you can say, yes, I have Jesus, then you have life. If you can't say today, I have Jesus, you don't have life. No matter how nice you are, no matter how many good things you do, whether you come to church, put money in the offering... Apart from Jesus, you don't have that. But if you have Jesus, you have life. That's why John goes on to say these things. I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. Not N-O. K-N-O-W. That you may know that you have eternal life. Jesus is the light of the world. He who follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have present possession. Will have the light of life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for that wonderful invitation. That wonderful gift that you offer to us that we do not need to walk in darkness. We don't need to experience the pain that comes from walking apart from you both temporally and eternally, O God. Thank you for the gift that you've given. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for all that you've done for us. If there's someone here this morning, Lord, who cannot say that I know I have eternal life, that I know that Jesus is my Savior, Lord, would you draw them to yourself today? Would you call them to that important reception of that gift of of everlasting life, life found in Jesus and in Him alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.